Yo, it's a mad TMS snippet. Like I said before, everything's so sporadic because people want their cases done before the holidays. They either want this criminal stuff to stop looming over them, or they want the money from their accident or the lawsuit that they're trying to win. But I thought I'd come and just drop some snippets just to fill the void. It's probably boring on all that travel. Uh, I barely woke up from my turkey coma like the rest of us. So I thought I'd give you all something to listen to. Something short, nothing too crazy. Well, I mean, something kind of crazy. The last couple of weeks, the Caitlin Armstrong case just finished. I'm sure all of you uh, crime buffs know about it. It's about this crazy chick who murdered this other lady, ran off to Costa Rica, had over $6,000 in plastic surgery to try to hide... uh, full-on manhunt for over a month they caught her brought her back and the reason i'm talking about it is because the trial just ended and i'm not going to get into all the facts there's plenty of other podcasts about the facts uh just wanted to say i don't know what the fuck colin strickland is doing to these women but he was dating the victim supposedly messing around with the defendant miss armstrong And then she just went nuts and killed him. I mean, I've met some crazy people in my life. But I don't think I've ever driven anybody to murder somebody else. So this dude is a Jedi pulling mind tricks on girls. Or he's got gold between his legs or something. Uh, Everybody in Austin, stay away from him. He's just going to drive you crazy, apparently. So the reason we're talking about this um, is for the punishment. I don't really care about the facts. Uh, They're all kind of the same. They all blur together when it comes to criminal stuff. Caitlin Armstrong was found guilty of murder in the first degree, right? That holds a five to 99 year sentence, meaning the minimum she could get was five years. Maximum is 99 years or people call it life. Once she was found guilty that portion of the trial stops and she has a choice to make or her and her legal team have a choice to make. And we talked about this before. You can go with the jury that just found you guilty and ask them to punish you. Or you can tell them, thanks for finding me fucking guilty. Uh, I'm going to go and roll the dice with the judge and see if he'll punish me or she'll punish me. And it's called a bifurcated trial system, right? Bifurcation, two pieces, guilt, innocence, sentencing, or punishment. It's whatever you want to call it. She opted to go for the jury. And the jury gave her 99 year, or 90 years plus a $10,000 fine. And people will ask, like, well, why would you go with the jury if they just found you guilty? And there's not an exact science to it, but it does fall heavy on your attorney. If you have somebody who knows the local area that you're being tried in, they'll know the judges. And they might know that the judge you're in front of is a big softy. They're all about rehabilitation and giving you a second chance. And so they'll advise you to, maybe we should try and go in front of the judge. Probably be less severe. Or... You've got one of these old school judges, probably from one of them comedy movies that used to be out there. I forget what it's called. 
Chevy Chase, the judge just sentences people to like life in prison for running stop signs and getting traffic tickets. So you've got a fire and brimstone South Bible Belt judge who just thinks that if you did something like this, you can't be saved and they're going to throw the book at you. Then you go to the jury. And so that all boils down to what jury you picked, right? I got 12 random strangers that we whittled down several weeks ago before this guilt innocence kicked off. And I'm trying to figure out what kind of people they are. Uh, Are they pissed that you murdered this up-and-coming cyclist star? And they think an eye for an eye, or they think that you don't deserve any kind of leniency, um, maybe that you're just are crazy and that you should never be let out because no matter what happens, you're just violent and they throw the book at you or they think, you know what, maybe we've lost one person already. We can rehab this other person and make them repay their debt to society, but we can't do that in prison. So enough time where justice is served but not enough time that we waste two lives. And that's a toss-up. And it's a big decision to make, so this trial lasted a couple of weeks, I believe. And once the guilt-innocent phase finished, essentially a whole new trial kicks off. It has its own rules of evidence and has its own people that are going to go ahead and talk. And this lasted two days for Caitlin Armstrong's case. So, sentencing kicks off. Day one, this is where the prosecutors come hard, right? They put on the victim's family. I believe the mom, the dad, and the brother of Miss Wilson testified. Mom and dad said all of the things that she did great as a child up until they were so proud of her as this cyclist and she was just the light of their life. Brother said, she's my best friend and now I don't have one and this person stole them from me and they show the true damage that Kaylin Armstrong did to not only the society as a whole, but to this family that's never going to get repaired. And then the defense does the same thing. They try to put on normal people that knew Miss Armstrong to show that maybe this was a lapse. Maybe she's not like this. Maybe she did go crazy. Maybe she deserves some sort of lenience. Maybe she had a terrible upbringing, a terrible childhood, an abusive relationship, anything they can do to take her from being this monster that's been portrayed in the news and the media at trial and just be a human being in front of 12 other human beings asking for some sort of deference, even though most people don't think she deserves it. So her mom got up there and talked about what she was like. Miss Armstrong, and her dad got up there as well. The defense had a a hard fight specifically because not only did Caitlin Armstrong kill this lady, everything afterwards just made it worse, right? She didn't just do a heat of passion murder and got arrested and then just pled and cried and said, oh my God, I can't believe what I did. She escaped the country, went somewhere else, tried to change her identity and her face and her, I mean, she spent six grand to have plastic surgery so she wouldn't be recognized. So that was a tough battle for the defense. 
And I do give some respect to the prosecutor that was charging this crime. Because uh, anybody who knows me knows that I think they're in a tough spot. And people expect them to always, always, always ask for the maximum punishment. You did this thing and I can get 99 years? Fuck you. You're going away for 99 years. This prosecutor didn't. This prosecutor said, you know what? Given the age, given everything that happened, given her distraught mental state, whatever it is that they took into account, 40 years. Start at 40 and then add on to that what you think is right. And the jury decided 90 years was right. You stole somebody's life, then you don't really get much of yours back, if any at all. Who knows if this woman will make it out at 90? I doubt it. She's already in her 20s. She'd have to live to 110. And then I'm not even going to get into like paroles and all that other stuff. Those are podcasts in the future for discussions. But And I don't know if this surfaced in the trial during the punishment phase. But it seems like she still didn't learn her lesson or she's still just scared. Sometime in October, the police said they were taking her to a uh, medical appointment and she assaulted them and tried to escape again. So if that made it into the sentencing portion of the trial, there's no wonder she got 90 years. And again, right, the judge, fire and brimstone or these people who think you're terrible and don't deserve a second chance. It also just depends on the shock and awe value of it. A judge is one person, but they might see stuff like this every day. So it isn't going to be that big of a deal, right? There's a baseline there for them. Not that it's not important that a person lost their life. It's just a baseline for them. These other 12 people, they may have never even seen anything close to this in their entire life. So if they were asked, they might just say 99 is not even enough because normal people don't deal with this every single day. We see this once a week, it seems like, and so did the judges. And so it cuts both ways again, right? They could just be tired of seeing all this stuff and they're going to put everybody away forever. Or it's just another Tuesday for the judge on the bench. All right, well, that was like a quick snippet on how to... Try to pick who's going to give you the punishment once you lost. It's kind of a shitty consolation prize. Uh, You already know that you're guilty and you're going to get punished. Let's just see who's going to do the less severe punishing, I guess, if you're on the defense side. And it is the defense that gets to select. So that's about it. Uh, Just trying to fill the void after Thanksgiving and into Christmas. I'm going to try to make these more and more consistent. But like I said last time, the holidays are wild. And so has been, so has work. Um, but there's a mad TMS snippet. As always, I'm Alfonso Salazar. Thanks for listening. Uh, follow us if you're not following us so that when I drop these sporadic ass podcasts, you'll see them come out. Thanks.